we do a harmony? Jesus. Hi, everybody. This is, uh, where's my flashlight? You um, forgot for a second. <laughs> I know. I was like, where, wait, what? Who? <laughs> where's my flashlight? A podcast about ghosts and spirits and Bigfoot and all the, all the things, all the paranormal things and cryptids and UFOs and any weird shit that you just can't explain. We're here for it. Um, my name's Heather, of course, and with me as always is Sophie. Hi! Yay! Hi, Sophie! Hi, Heather. Hi. We just had some really fun, well, I just had some really fun technical difficulties. I think my laptop is finally at the end of its life. And I'm probably going to have to smash it with a hammer. We're going to have to put her in hospice. We're going to have to do the yes. <laughs> assisted suicide. Yes, the assisted suicide <laughs> of the laptop is coming soon, everybody. Maybe we'll put a video of it on Facebook. Um <laughs> It won't be very, it, I don't think it'll be as compassionate as, like, what what we do for human beings. I don't think right. so. Right. Death with dignity. This thing does not deserve <laughs> dignity. No. No. So, yeah, but I can't replace it until after my trip to Cincinnati, which, as I was telling Sophie, I thought that I was going to have to cancel because of money, because of vet bills and all the shit that happens in life. But you know what? I'm a smart and capable person, and nothing is going to stop me from going to Cincinnati, of all places. So I'm going to fucking make it happen. So there we are. Right. And please explain to myself and maybe some of our audience what the fuck is a vacation? <laughs> vacation it's like a vacation but you're going to see your person your crush your boo your, boo, your bae your whoever whoever the person is that you like to or, bump uglies with so you're either going on a trip to see them or you're going on a trip with them either way it's a trip with your person vacation. Oh. So that's cool. There it is for anyone who's curious. A little lingo for you. Um I love it. Yay. I think it's hilarious. It's a pretty good pretty good word. So um Sophie, what's up with you? How's things? Um you look beautiful by the way. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, I canceled a date this weekend because I just about killed myself with eating bad, uh, just eating things that are bad for me. Yeah. And like, I know better, but I did it anyways, because I was like, I saw an old friend on Friday and we we laughed so hard and had so much fun. It was like, I, it, it was as if no time had passed. And this mm. was a person that, that I used to jam with and 
have a wonderful time, just a friend, mm-hmm. nothing romantic. And, um, yeah, we, so we stayed up late and we ended up getting like delicious Sundays at this place called, um, oh my God, it's in downtown Vancouver. It's one of the newer places, but basically you can buy this Sunday and it comes in this Mason jar that has the name of the place on it that you get to keep. Ooh. And they're like specialty sundaes or milkshakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so all that dairy and then also creme brulee, so more dairy. Oh, yeah. And then and so um, much sugar too. Oh, absolutely. And then I had like a deep fried chicken sandwich and french fries. So it's like all that grease and then gluten from the bread and possibly the breading of the chicken. I mean, this sounds amazing. Oh my God, dude, I was so full. I could hardly move. I was like, (laughs) we're going to need to get a stretcher, kids. Are you going to need assisted suicide? I might, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make some calls for you and get that set up. I appreciate that. Yes, I'm here for you. My (laughs) wife know I love her. Um, Yeah, it's like, fuck. Yeah, it was a bad idea because with my condition, I really should be eating better, um, which means like no gluten, no dairy, um, no, um, what's it called? Um, No, nothing in the nightshade family, which means, you know, pretty much not, I can't eat anything. Um, Tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah, peppers, potatoes, eggplants. I know. Yeah, it's everything in the North American. So sad. I I know it's so it is really depressing. So basically, I have to do it's it's called a low FODMAP diet, and so anything that has high FODMAP, I have to avoid. And I can't even remember what the fuck. FODMAP stands for, but it's something really ridiculous and, um, you know, has to do with the chemical consistency or something like that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like oligosaccharide, something, I don't, I don't know. It's, okay. it's literally not in English to me, so I can't, it's very complicated diet, sure. but that's what I'm supposed to be. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And when I don't, then I feel like fucking dog shit. And that's what happened. And then, then I was like, yeah, the only person I have to be mad at is myself. And I've been feeling like crap this whole weekend, like low energy, all fatigued up in these old bones Mm -hmm. and just like so sleepy and, um, bloated and GI symptoms and yeah, all sorts of fun, fun. It's, it's, been a fun ride I you know yeah that sounds fun I'm sorry but at least I live feeling well oh but thank you you're welcome but maybe this could you know not only be a lesson to you but maybe you can treat it as kind of like your last hurrah of eating like that right and now like once you have it out of your system then you can get back on track with you know, what you're supposed to be doing for your health. <laughs> and um, 
you know, it's like ever. I think it, sometimes it's important to have kind of a like a last hurrah. You know, like there's probably things that, for medical reasons, I shouldn't be eating. And um, I keep thinking like, okay, this is this is the last time. <laughs> Right. And then it's not the last time. But I really have been thinking lately about um, my health. And not only that, but Sophie, we're getting old. And yeah. so, you know, we're not in our 20s anymore where you can kind of do whatever you want and then sleep it off. Right. And, and so it's it's time to be responsible adults and take care of our health, Sophie. No. No. <laughs> maybe maybe we should make a pact right here on the podcast that we're going to be responsible for our health and we can keep each other accountable. We can be accountability buddies. Oh, accountability buddies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm here for it. I'll yeah, let's do it. Okay. Good. Yeah. So we're both going to eat healthier and stuff. Is that basically it? Is that my under, am I understanding it right? <laughs> or sure. is it health in general? It, health in general, I think, you know, and I mean, eating is definitely part of that. But also, like, taking our meds and doing appropriate exercise and taking care of our mental health in whatever ways we need with self-care and all the stuff. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. So it's more like holistic health. It's like the whole person. Self-care, basically. I want your whole person to be healthy. Aww. I want your whole being to be infused with love and light and health. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, like, I think this is a great idea because one of my first book ideas, you know, because I what my dream is to like own a little beautiful little cabin on the Oregon coast with a hot tub oh, mm -hmm. and, and write books. And my first book is going to be WTF is self care because everybody talks about it, but mm -hmm. they don't know what it means. Really. It's kind of like one of these buzzwords mm -hmm. in our culture. Um, I know in grad school, they talked about it a lot, but they didn't teach you fuck all. Yeah. Which, you know, is concerning to me given the, you know, the, I guess you want to call it the field that I'm in. It's very concerning. It's like, okay, yeah, we want you to do self-care. We want you to take care of yourselves, okay? Yeah, what does that and then, mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, like, what the fuck does that, what, what? And can someone please come to my house and show me what the fuck it means and what it looks like? <laughs> like <laughs> Right? Oh, God, I know. And it, it is kind of like, it's like a buzzword, kind of. Like, right, exactly. Because if you just look at, you know, like social media and stuff it seems like self-care is just like you know light a candle take a bubble bath with some scented oils and you know eat some chocolate and you're gonna be great like that's all you need but I mean it's so much deeper than that like self-care is you know drinking enough water setting boundaries with people 
cutting toxic people out of your life. You know, and then of course that pampering yourself is part of self-care, but I think that a lot of people are at the point where they need more like basic self-care than that, like right with removing toxicity and setting boundaries and advocating for yourself and you know, taking care of more basic needs than you know, like, well, I just had a day and now I'm going to take a bath and now I'm healed. Right. Ooh, I, I like your perspective on it because you're saying, because like, I think most people would think that ba the most basic thing would be to take care of your physical health, mm -hmm. right? To drink enough water, to take, you know, to groom yourself, which mm -hmm. would be like, you know, or whatever would be the most basic thing. But you're saying that the, and I could be wrong, the social aspect of it, just learning how to be a human socially yeah, is like and, the most basic thing. And that is a part of it because if you have, you know, like toxic people in your life, toxic relationships, like that's just, it's going to affect you mentally and emotionally and physically. Right. Just like any kind of toxicity, you know. Like, whatever, whatever it is. So, join me on our new podcast, All About Self-Care. <laughs> <laughs> this is a psychology podcast, by the way. Apparently. Um, where apparently. Sophie definitely apparent. has, you know, credentials. <laughs> I just have apparently. lived experience, you know. I don't have any <laughs> psychological credentials to speak of, but Sophie does, and... Um, so I think that we, from, between the two of us, I think we have a good, uh, background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we marry, uh, parapsychology and psychology in one podcast yes. where it's like, we're, we're, you know, talking about people, how they think, how they feel, how they behave, you know, kind of the cognitive behavioral model, mm -hmm. right? And then, um... And then also the the supernatural or paranormal um, model, which today is so varied, which kind of brings us to our um, episode of Ghost Hunters, actually, if you think about it. Oh, it um, absolutely does. You are correct. Because, be, because with the second part of season two, episode seven, they actually go to do an investigation of a home that was previously investigated by Ed and Lorraine Warren. And we're going to get more into that later, obviously, but, um, you know, in it, there's dispute over the old school methods of, of uh, investigating where you have a psychic come coming into the home and they don't really have a lot of technology. They just go in using their bodies or their senses as kind of like the, what do you call it? Today's EMF meters, mm -hmm. you know, or, or whatever. And they're going in and they're saying, Oh, well, I feel like it's haunted. Yeah. Um, 
And then you've got these modern day, more new school ghost hunters that have this technology, have this more scientific method, like ghost hunters going into the home and doing measurements and doing, you know, debunking and actually, you know, videotaping things and documenting things digitally. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know what just happened, but, but I, I think I just heard an echo of my own voice coming back at me. It was horrifying. Oh, but I didn't hear it. I okay, good. I think that you are having a you know, trauma response know. to your your oh. uh, experience from last weekend. But we're gonna, we're going to sort that out, so we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just pretend like nothing's going on. Okay, so... Is it um, still... Are you still hearing it? Um, oh, no. I'm okay. not hearing myself echo. It's more your videos cutting in and out and your voice is cutting in and out. So I'm not sure. No. Yeah, we've, we're having technical difficulties as well on no. your end. So... But we're not going to talk about it. We're going to pretend we're just going to sweep it under the rug. That's because, right. Just like um, any any adult should do. If there's a difficulty, just <laughs> just keep on going. Don't acknowledge it. That's self-care 101. Ignore your problems. That's right. Yes. You know, we sweep them under the rug, and that is the, the Christian Protestant anglo-saxon way of mm -hmm. um, uh, or actually more like anglo-american whatever euro-american way of of doing things where we're kind of like you know we don't talk about our problems we kind of sweep them under the rug we pretend mm -hmm. that there's no abuse in the family system sure. going on we don't talk about it with outsiders that's for sure oh god no i mean just just buck um, up okay right yeah Buck up, buttercup, and then you you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and exactly. you get to work. And that's how Sophie and I got here. That's how we got to where right. we are now. We never dealt with any of our problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, um, you know, as as Tech Tech Nine Tech Nina would say, we are products of Reaganomics. Oh. Yeah. That's true. That is true. Oh, God. Um, anything else? Where were you, we? I don't know. Anything else you want to <laughs> add on your, your update? We haven't recorded for um, a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a little while. Um, let me see. So, yeah, I'm in a place right now where it's really, really weird. And you might find this horrifying. But I'm not interested in dating. It's as if some being or something has, I know, I can see your eyes growing wide and you're backing <laughs> away from the screen. Um, you're like, I don't know this person. Well, what? neither do I, Heather. I'm starting to look. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it's because my sexuality is just being fluid as it can in my lifetime, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like all of a sudden, maybe my libido is gone. Maybe I'm asexual all of a sudden. I don't know. But 
I just don't have any interest in dating. I'm just don't like, it's like as if a switch has been turned off mm-hmm. and I like, I have dating apps, you know, cause I started those before this happened to me where all of a sudden I find myself just not sexually attracted to anybody or interested in communicating or talking with anybody. Mm. Um, I know, know, like we told you, you're just like, I knew this was going to shock you, but it's yeah. A life where I don't, and, and maybe, um, yeah. So I don't really understand what's going on with me other than I think my libido is, is disappeared, which, you know, sometimes can happen from antidepressants, you know, cause it's a mm-hmm. side effect of anti antidepressants sometimes, you know, where your uh, libido may be lowered or non-existent sort of thing. But this, this started happening before I started up my antidepressants again. And it almost feels like, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. It's, it's hard to explain, but I just have no interest in masturbation, which I know that some people who are asexual masturbate and some of them don't. Um, but yeah, like I have no interest in that either. Um, yeah, which, yeah, it's very odd. I don't think I've ever really, like I've experienced times where I was kind of like avoidant or maybe afraid. Yeah. But, but I'm not afraid, um, of dating or anything like that. I'm not afraid of, you know, or, or being, it's not being avoidant. It's just like completely neutral. Right. Like, and, and not feeling interested nor disinterested. So, Hmm. yeah. So it's weird. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. I don't know where it's coming from, but it is very interesting. And honestly, I think it might be a good thing in some ways because maybe if I did go on a date with somebody because my life is going so well right now, um, if I did date somebody that it would be like, you know, I would evaluate them purely in logical terms where, you know, the, the sexual magnetism or the chemistry wouldn't override my, my prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. wouldn't override my executive decision-making and my logic with your upstairs brain is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I would finally be using the correct head, mm-hmm. you know, in evaluating partners and actually being like, okay, do we share the same values? Do we have things in common? You know, you know, are there deal breakers? What are the deal breakers yeah. here? And, you know, and not just like, oh, hey, get in me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Like jumping vagina first into a relationship. <laughs> it's like what I usually do. It's like I'll just be like, whoops, slip. Oh my. I've never there done I that. go again. 
never what? I've, I've never jumped vagina first into anything. Lie! I know. <laughs> oh my god, I tried to convince one of my coworkers that I'm a virgin. <laughs> you did not! Yeah, well, oh she my... didn't believe me even for a second. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? And she was like, well, just your, your personality. I was like, what does that mean? And she said basically that I'm like fun and outgoing and interesting. And mm -hmm. she was like, nobody as interesting as you could be a virgin. <laughs> and I was like, is that, is this a compliment? But also virginity is a social construct. True. Just like time and gender. So. Right. Um, however. I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, that's okay. So basically, she told you were, you were too interesting to be a virgin. Mm-hmm. That's like exactly what she said. And I was like, oh, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing against people who don't have sex or choose not to have sex. Right. That's a choice that everybody gets to make. Because yeah. it's your hot body and you can do what you want. Yeah, yes. The good old Cartman, he's very wise. He is wise, and I will quote him every day. <laughs> um, I would have probably jumped to the conclusion that, you know, people are were judging me based on my tattoos. That it's like I look too edgy and rough to be a virgin oh. or something like that and you've got tattoos as well which are you know quite visible yes so very prominent tattoos yeah so it's like and people can judge you based on tattoos as well like they can well make... honestly people have been judging my sexuality from the time that like i had boobs so like, oh yeah from the time that i was like 12 years old i've been labeled a slut so, you know what? I don't care. I might as well live up to it, right? Come on. Right. Yes, I'm going to be a loose woman. Look mm -hmm. at me in all my glory and bow. That's right. I'm going to pour <laughs> it up. Yeah, because you're right. You're absolutely right. Like, I, I think I was... I was sexualized the moment I was fucking born. I swear to God. It's like, yeah. it, seem, it seemed like, yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I think I remember being like 10, 11 years old when people started making fun of my flat chest mm -hmm. as if I was supposed to have had, you know, like full go full grown C cups by then or something like that. Right. And it's like, um, I'm 10 years old. Right. Why are you making, why are, why is the whole bus singing songs about how flat my chest is? <laughs> yeah. It's so like, it was rough growing That's like seriously. Yeah. Like an entire bus of children making fun of your flat chest. Like that's horrifying. That's mm -hmm. like what nightmares are made of. Um, and yes, that's happened to me yeah. and I've been, and I had like the opposite thing oh, really? because I had boobs at an early age. I was like, right. you know, 
Like they would sing songs about me sleeping around. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's like, I think people, people get it at like both ends of the spectrum, which is really weird. It's like, basically what it comes down to is that in our society, there's no correct way to have a female body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. either your boobs aren't big enough, or they're too big, or you got them too early, or you didn't get them early enough, or mm -hmm. you sleep around and so you're a slut, or you don't sleep around and so you're some prude. You're not... Right. You know, it's like, there's just, there's no right way, like, you're too skinny, you're too fat, blah, blah, blah. You right, right. you dress too provocatively, or you're too covered up. There's no right way to have mm -hmm. a female body in our culture. Well, it, what it speaks to me of is the Madonna versus horror complex. Yeah, you know, like and both of them had, are wrong. Right. Yeah. We we've had basically from birth we've had two Marys to be compared to due to Christian beliefs you know mm -hmm. you've had you got you know mother mary you've got jesus's mom who you know the immaculate conception you know she's the saint you know that somehow you know gave birth without ever having sex with a man god mm -hmm. chose her a virgin to have a have jesus the yeah. son of god you know and it's like and then we've also we've got the other Mary, which, you know, it's arguably Mary Magdalene or another Mary, I can't remember from the Bible, that she's basically a, a, a lady of the night, you know. She's a soiled dove. Mm, me too. You know, but, but, she's, but she's capable of being redeemed or whatever. But it's like, you know, that those are the two extremes mm -hmm. in which womanhood or gender uh, rather it is presented to us mm -hmm. and so I think as children that's how we kind of make sense of women's sexuality from an early age because it's what is taught or fed to us yeah what if as a soiled woman I don't want to be <laughs> redeemed <laughs> what about that right what if I'm perfectly content with being you know, be befouled or whatever. <laughs> defiled, befouled. Def yes, oh. I have been defiled, and you know what? I'm like pretty okay with it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think oh my it's... god, I love that for you. Oh my god, I love that for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like the most white thing to ever say, but I don't know. Um, oh my I'm god. no expert. Oh my god. But yeah, seriously, I do love that for you because I think that it's great that you balk at that convention, that mm -hmm. you, you know, push back on it. Yeah. And you say, you know, this is the the tiny little box 
pun intended, that you're trying to put me in. Um, yeah, get well, out of my tiny box, first of all. Get right? a, yeah, get out of my box. That's my box, that's okay? And my that's box what you're saying. is my business. That's fucking right. And that's what you're saying, and I love that. I, I do. You. I think that's Thank fantastic. You. Yeah, you're like, I don't need to be redeemed. No. F- fuck your redemption right in the ear. What yeah. do I need that for? Bullshit. I don't need it. But luckily I wasn't raised in any kind of religion, so I don't have that like kind of guilt around my, um, you know, my ruined body. <laughs> your ruined body. <laughs> summer I'm gonna ruin it a whole lot more so oh good those are the goals fucking get it I will oh I will (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on but I'm hearing my voice echo again I don't know what's causing that um I hope it stops I I didn't hear it but I can see how that would be annoying yeah. Well, who cares? Who well, cares? free free your box. Free my box. Mm-hmm. You know, my my box is free yeah. because I don't like feel the need to have it, I guess in a way. So mm-hmm. like we're kind of at op- the opposite ends of the spectrum right now with our expression right. of our and, sexuality. And it's a choice. Right. We are liberating exactly. our boxes and our bodies by making choices about who gets to be in them, I guess. Can we please make a merch <laughs> for this? I really want, because, like, we could do the tidy whitey shirts with this. We could, like, be, like, free my, free my box or something. I don't know. Liberate the box. We're going to work on that. Yeah, I'm we gonna need write a that tagline. Down. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. Beautiful. Oh I don't think I have any updates. Yeah, I think you kind of touched a little bit on them, you know, saying that you were your vacation was at risk oh, for a second, but and, then you were yeah. able to Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make it work. Um, and everything else is going great. Mm. So not, not really much to discuss in terms of mental health. Uh, my mental health has been pretty good. I'm feeling like I'm like stabilizing. I feel happy. Oh, which part of me is like, it's a trap, but <laughs> I can see Admiral Akbar in my mind. He's yeah, he's there in the back of my mind, yelling at me that this is a trap. But it's not, Admiral. It's fine. So, you know, things are just going well. Like my job is amazing. My coworkers are amazing. My cats are healthy. 
So, yeah. Yeah, dude. Good stuff. That's yeah. That's the update. I'm going to Cincinnati. So, someday that's going to become a euphemism. Well, I think Dustin Perry would say, no freaking way, dude. <laughs> hey, I wrote that down, too. <laughs> <laughs> On that great. note, oh do, you, do you want to dive into this episode? Yes, ma'am. And if you don't mind, I'd love to do the uh, part two. Okay. I figured that you would. So, awesome. All right. Uh... Season 2, Episode 7 of the original Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters Classic, I think they're calling it now. Um, Alright, the first case is at a private home. I was kind of glad that on this episode that they're back inside private homes, because I feel like for the last few they've been in, like, businesses. Oh, and yeah. So I, I like it when they go to private homes, because it feels more like they're actually helping people not that right. the businesses aren't helping people but you know what I mean yeah. um okay so the first case they're at the home of the Tang Tangay family and uh the claims it's like a husband and wife and their little son and the claims at this home can you hear the lawnmower going course I can. Okay, that's Tyler. Tyler's mowing the lawn, as always, when I record. Yeah, that's a great <sighs> great timing there, bro. And you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, so the claims. Um, the son feels like his feet are being pulled while he's sleeping, and he keeps getting woken up by things that aren't there, and his bed shakes, and the mom... In her bedroom, she saw, like, red lights swirling on the ceiling, and then they kind of went into the shape of a face, and she went to wake up her husband, but as soon as she did that, it went away. Um, in the basement, they have a feeling that they're, like, being watched, or they just feel, like, nauseated, and uh, just, like, bad feelings in the basement. So, Taps comes in. We have uh, Jason, Grant, Steve, Andy, and Kristen. And Steve is officially promoted to tech manager after the Woo! departure of Brian Harnois. Um, so, the investigation. Um, they set up a carbon monoxide detector in the laundry room because that can cause some like weird feelings um so you know they're trying to see if that is the the cause of those weird basement feelings um and then they wonder because they steve notices when they're setting up that the the little boy is like playing video games like right before bed and he's sitting really close to the tv so steve just wonders like could that be part of why the kid is like waking up all night and um because that can be really disruptive you know it's important to have you know screens off before bed especially for kids so right um okay so then jason and grant are doing emf in the basement and 
Um, they get some like pretty high readings near um, some and stuff. And so they're like, hmm, that could be it. And then uh, upstairs, Steve does an EMF sweep in the son's bedroom, but there's like nothing out of the ordinary, so that probably isn't causing the son's difficulties. And, um, and then uh, Kristen interviews the mom, because Kristen had similar experiences with her son, and that's how she got involved with TAPS in the first place. They came in to help her out with her situation at her house, and so then she wanted to, like, you know, pay that back by getting involved and helping other people, which is awesome. Um, let's see. Steve and Kristen hear this, like, creaking sound from, like, the other room, um, even though nobody's there. And it just, it sounds like someone's walking on, like, a hardwood floor, kind of. Um, but they can't really figure out what caused it. Um, and that's really it. Jason and Grant talk about Brian and how they doubt that he'll get it together and be able to come back to TAPS. And that's really it. That's the investigation. And then um, they do the analysis and they don't really find anything paranormal going on. So then we go to the reveal, and um, the good news is that there's no carbon monoxide leaks in their house, because that can kill you. That's how Weird Al's yep. parents died, by the way. Um, oh my god. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Oh my god, yeah. Like, in their sleep, they died from carbon monoxide poisoning. So everybody, please get carbon monoxide detectors in your house. It's very important. Um, okay, so then they talk to the, um, the people, the homeowners about the high EMF readings in their basement, and they talk about hypersensitivity to EMF, which can cause a lot of, like, weird symptoms. It can give you headaches, it can cause nausea, skin irritations, fatigue, hallucinations, paranoia, all sorts of weird shit that a lot of people attribute to paranormal activity. But it it's actually a natural thing. High EMF readings. Uh, let's see. And then they show a video of the little boy, like, tossing and turning in his sleep and, like, waking himself up. And so they think, you know, he's probably waking himself up. And then the the creaking that they hear is probably caused by their wood floors expanding and contracting which is actually pretty common for people with wood floors. So, um, they did a lot of, like, debunking and figuring out of stuff, which is good. And I think, like, that cases like this are good just because there was a lot of debunking done. So, like, if people yeah. are watching and they're like, gosh, stuff like this happens at my house, they can get some ideas of things they can try to see, like, is it being caused by this? Is it being caused by this? You know, so you can, like, rule things out just how TAPS does. But you can do it on your own. Right. And then also to feel like, okay, well, I'm not crazy. Like, I, my experiences are valid because look at these other people having experiences. And they had nothing to worry about, so maybe I don't have anything to worry about. 
So that's the, the takeaway, I think, from that. And then, um, do you have anything to add about case number one? Yeah, I think that also uh, there's certain people who are sensitive to lower levels of EMF. Mm -hmm. So even if the EMF um, readings you're getting from a particular thing, like let's say um, piping or something above the head, you know, when mm -hmm. you're down in a basement, um, that let's say, you know, the EMF readings aren't even that high, but you take, you know, being somebody that's maybe extra sensitive to those things, um, you know, possibly the mother, you know, um, yeah. cause she, cause she has to go down in the basement and do her laundry for the, for herself and the son, I'm assuming. And so, yeah, that's going to put you down there for a little while while you're working on that. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it, it could also be, um, you know, like they were suggesting in the show that she might be sensitive to even lower levels, which some people are, you never mm -hmm. know. Um, and then also, um, you know, one thing that also occurred to me was um, that, you know, I love, number one, I love that they didn't necessarily uh, gaslight her and gaslight them in general, the family. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, we didn't find any evidence to support those claims, it doesn't mean you didn't have them, you know, we're just, mm -hmm. we weren't able to substantiate, substantiate them with, yeah. with our visit. And there, I feel like TAPS is always really good about that, where they're like, right. do we know for sure that this is what's causing your experiences? No. But these are some things to keep in mind, to test out, um... So yeah, like I don't feel like they ever gaslight people. Like they validate people and then they say this might be causing it if these situations are addressed and the activity continues, call us back. Right. So I, I really like that they have that stance about it and they're not like, well, obviously you were hallucinating because of whatever, you know. Right. I also like that they brought Kristen Gartland along because yes. she, well, number one, she's beautiful and I love her. Yes. But same. Also, but also because um, she had experiences with her son, her child, when uh, her child was quite young, I think about two. Mm -hmm. And so she was like the perfect person for them to bring along to help provide comfort to the mom mm -hmm. and her son and say, I've been there. I've been through this sort of thing. It is scary. You know, um, I love that they yeah. came up with that idea, you know, to even bring Kristen along to help. Yeah, me too. Because it's like, you know, she's there to offer like support and validation and just like a listening ear, like as a mother to another mother these are things mm -hmm. and you know we're here to help you and to listen to you right so yeah i yeah. agree that was a good call and i think 
you can just tell that the mom was like put at ease by having that conversation with Kristen. Yeah, exactly. Cause you know, um, you know, a lot of people would probably just think she's being some kind of uppity, you know, like she's overreacting or, Mm -hmm. um, she's, you know, basically, you know, women are used to being basically put in their place. You know, it's like, you're, you're too loud. (laughs) You're taking up too much space. You're, you're making too much of a complaint. So you need to shut Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's, that's basically what I've, (laughs) yeah. God, why do it always comes back to this feminist agenda of mine. Oh, uh-huh. Well, you brought your feminist agenda to the right place because that's what I'm here about, okay? My feminist agenda is just like all over everything that I do. So, right. We're in oh, cahoots. We are indeed. And yeah, it's like um she might have even have been expecting that. You know, she's probably used to people kind of poo-pooing her, her experiences and, mm-hmm. and how they're kind of like scary and, 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 um, you know, like seemingly unnatural mm-hmm. experiences and, and then for them to come alongside her and bring somebody that's been through it and to kind of, you know, let her know it's like, even though we didn't catch anything that these are the things that we think it could possibly be for this other stuff. Does that explain everything? No, but you know, this might put you at ease at least a little bit. Um, so that, you know, it's not every time that you hear a creak in the house that it's ghosts, you know? So. Yes, exactly. So that is the first case. Woo! Woo! As Toby Turner would say, Woo! That is exactly what Toby Turner would say. I don't know how that translates on the microphone, but it I thought I would try it out. sounds beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Partially like a human being, partially like a pig squealing. That was what I was going for. Perfect. You nailed Uh, it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Take it away, Sophie. Case number two. Well, this part, of course, made me super excited because I am a fan of the Conjuring series, movies, um, and the the Warrens in general that the cases or are based off of. You know, the real life ghost hunters. You know, there's some of the first ghost hunters, American ghost hunters, that is ever, um, and they were very old school. You know, they did things very differently. Like I was saying earlier. Um, you know, they would come in with a psychic and they would do it the old school way, you know, with feels, um, you know, and you got to give them credit because back way back when they didn't really have the technology, you know, uh, to just 
or the expense probably because I bet that if even if they did have the technology back when um, which would have been I think they started out in the 50s or 60s when they first started going to people's homes um, yeah of course um, Ed Warren I believe was a veteran um, they ended up meeting when they were pretty young uh, and Lorraine and she is a clairvoyant um, supposedly very gifted clairvoyant and he actually you know believed her claims that she had been having paranormal experiences or were able to see paranormal experiences and from a pretty early age she supposedly saw I think one of her first experiences she saw an angel in a hospital room um, I think I remember that you know and forgive me everyone you're welcome to roast me but all of this stuff I'm taking from memory um, so and Lorraine Warren came along because back in the day um, this very house which supposedly was built I think it was I don't you know kill me if I'm wrong but I believe that it was actually built all the way back in the 17th century if I'm not mistaken like it's a really really old farm yeah um, uh, Jason says that it's like over 250 years old so that's yeah it's pretty pretty old yeah it was it was either like started being settled on back in the 17th century or 18th century I don't know if the current house was like I don't know when the current house on that property first uh started to be built or exist um but it's been called various things throughout its lifetime you know as far as the last names go and uh what the first conjuring movie is based off of is you know the perone family which lived there uh back in the 70s i believe um and they had five girls and these girls as you know andrea perone is the one she ended up writing a couple of books about it her experiences at that home but um you know i think it could be that when the warrens came along to help the perones um that you know i think probably what happened was that the house was already ancient and haunted and then when these girls and the mother you know come along um especially young women you know um i think they probably have uh abilities i think they probably had natural abilities especially you know because kids are more likely or are reported to be more likely to experience those things and then um yeah and so there's reports all over the board you know in general about this place you know not just ed and lorraine warren coming to visit and then saying oh, it's haunted but like the perones actually kicked ed and lorraine warren out of the house because they brought in a psychic medium somebody that could actually you know have the spirits possess her and then communicate um like she was a, i think what they call a physical medium 
-hmm. And supposedly the mother was lifted and thrown across the room by an unseen force and her head smashed on the stones. Like, I guess Andrea Perone thought that her mother had died and the father, I can't remember what her father's name is, got so, well, that was fucking weird. What? I, I think I just saw a a white mist go across (laughs) my face while I'm talking about this house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, Speaking oh of conjuring. The, yes, with the haunted, the haunted podcast. Um, <laughs> oh my God. First you haunted my house was... and now you're haunting your own apartment. <laughs> you are very powerful. <laughs> Oh my god, what the fuck? That was so weird. I honestly saw a white mist-like shape. It was kind of almost like in a backwards U or upside down kind of sideways U shape. And it went up and across like this weird. and disappeared. Yeah, and it was a white like uh, mist. It was and, dust. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> it was an orb. <laughs> Um, <laughs> gosh, you know, too bad honestly, we're not recording video on this because then we could play it back and see if I can see it. I know, my god, you know, yeah, that was that was weird because I think it did show up on camera too. Um, because I was Dang. looking at the camera while I was seeing it, and yeah. I could swear I had something go across my my vision as well while I was seeing it happen. Oh my god. Uh, from yeah, from now on, yeah, I guess we're gonna need to record this shit. Yeah. Um, Lesson learned. Yeah. Record video. Right. Okay. Oh, we'll do my it. God. Okay. Sweet. Wow. All right. All right then. Okay. Well, I, you know, to try to go back to the original <laughs> subject. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I think you know. Andrea Perone wrote, you know, and she also reports that, yes, her mom, she literally thought she watched her mother's death when this unseen force, whatever, while they were trying to have the seance in the home, you know, while this unseen force had somehow launched their mother across the room or backwards. And, um, the father got so pissed off that he decked Ed Warren in the face and then kicked them out and was just like, you're never welcome back again, basically. Um, you know, it's, it almost seemed like, you know, like Ed and Lorraine Warren are kind of reporting that, there was a nicer interaction <laughs> with the Perones and that, you know, they're not really mentioning the fact that the Perones actually kicked them out and were like, yeah, no, you guys are fucking with stuff that you don't understand and you need to get the fuck out of my house. 
Um, you know, and I don't know what it was like from the, the Warrens' perspective, but in any case, the Perones reported all sorts of shit happening and that supposedly there was a female spirit that was attra- like a- a- attached to their father that was incredibly jealous of anyone of the mother basically um that the the mother had been attacked by, by this and and so and then they like suspect that it's this this witch from back in the day in the 1800s you know Bathsheba Sherman hmm. um yeah that supposedly murdered her own infant but in a court of law was deemed not guilty um that they sup- allegedly found that the cause of death of the infant was a needle to the back of the spine of the baby like the back of the neck hmm. is they suppose they supposedly believe that a like one of those really large old school sewing needles yeah. had been stabbed into the back of the baby's neck and they believed that that was what was caught, what had caused the death. But there wasn't enough evidence, supposedly, of wrongdoing. I mean, um, and that's, you know, back in the day, like, people's children died all the time. Like, 50% yeah. of children wouldn't even get to, I think it's age 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, because they there's so many childhood illnesses back in the day that they didn't have vaccines for. That's why vaccines are really important for the babies, yes, including we are, kittens. We are pro-vaccine on this show. Yeah. And if you're not, you know, that's fine. But just know that you should do your research. Look into, look into the scientific evidence behind it. Um, the chances of a vaccine causing um, any serious side effects or problems is literally so small, but the likelihood of your kids getting sick from the disease, like you would not want your kid to have smallpox. Smallpox is very dangerous. Um, it's it's better to, to be preventative. In any case, yeah. If you're anti-vaxxer or vaxxer, doesn't matter. Do your research and look into it. You know, make sure you have an educated, that's my cat theater again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where would be this podcast if we didn't have your brother puttering around and doing shit Mm -hmm. or my cat theater going off while we're talking? Exactly. Um, I think people come to expect it. (laughs) Yeah, it just wouldn't be right if if we didn't have those things happening. Um, Anyways, (laughs) so, so, yeah, uh, there's been so many reports about this home going back, you know, back a long, long time. But, you know, the one that's most famous, obviously, is the Perone family with the conjuring you know, case that Ed and Lorraine Warren investigated. But the thing is, is that they don't, yeah, they definitely don't tell the whole story. But Andrea Perone does 
say um, that there was a good amount of the story that uh, I think it's James Wan or Wan. However, I'm sorry for butchering your last name, James, but um, because he's a wonderful director. Um, You know, obviously they took some liberties with it, but it was based on a true story and there was, you know, things that happened that they did show in the movie. Mm-hmm. But so, but this was before, so Ghost Hunters actually went into this house before The Conjuring came out. And so this wasn't even called The Conjuring House back then. Yeah. This was actually the Sutcliffe home. Um, Norma Sutcliffe was the owner at the time. And her husband, which unfortunately I can't remember what his name was. Um, they reported a lot less intense, um, let's say less, a lot less of an intense of a haunting. Um, and who knows why that is. Norma Sutcliffe claims to have a more scientific perspective. So it could be that maybe she is in denial about certain things going on, or it could just very well be that she has that more of a scientific mind where she's being more logical and she's ruling things out. You know, it could be any number of things. It could be the, the spirits. Maybe they don't like her as much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe they're just like, um, yeah, me and Norma, we have an agreement. We just leave each other alone for the most part. Yeah. Um, so who knows? Um, but I love it that her name is Norma. That's my grandmother's name. Norma Aww. Jean. Yeah. Um, God rest her soul. But anyways, so yeah, the Sutcliffe case, they get pulled in to finally get around to the point of ghost hunters. <laughs> um, I could talk about that shit forever, but Oh, are we talking um, about Ghost Hunters, the show? Yeah. Yeah, part two. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah. No, you're so, fine. Like, I asked you specifically to, to give some background and history regarding Ed and Lorraine <laughs> Warren, and you did it beautifully, so thank you very much. Aw, thanks. Yeah, I tried. Um, yes, I am fascinated by this stuff. Ed and Lorraine Warren, I think they're, honestly, we can, let's talk about I would love to talk to you a little bit more about that because they're a very controversial couple. Yeah. They are very. a super controversial couple. Um, there are a lot of people who say that they're charlatans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people who say that they are legit and they're like the original ghost hunters and they just, you know, mm-hmm. um, are like these kind of gods that they worship and like hold on this pedestal for you know, kind of paving the way for ghost hunting and investigations later on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like they're kind of like the, the grandparents, if you will, of American ghost hunting. Yeah. And I guess you could definitely make that argument. Um, But do they deserve to be put on to be like these idols that like these Hollywood stars necessarily like, you know, maybe, Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk some more about that. Yeah, <laughs> by we'll, your expression, we'll have a discussion. I mean, I don't, 
I don't have a strong opinion either way, but yeah, we can get into that further at another time just for the for the edification of our listeners. Yeah, just for the halibut. Or maybe if our listeners have a strong opinion, they want to chime in. You can email us about uh, the Warrens. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, if you met them, if you, if you farted near them, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you farted know. on them. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would be your biggest fan. Hofi, <laughs> it's H-O-P-H-I-E. 70362 at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Please email us with your experiences of the Warrens. We would love. Yeah. Or if you've been to the Conjuring House, which it's now known as because of the famous, you know, movie um, franchise. But anyways. Yes. um, So the Sutcliffe case. So what's neat is they have John Zaffis, which is... um, Lorraine Warren's nephew mm-hmm. who came along on this case with Jay and Grant and the team. And um, they, <laughs> Jay clearly has a very strong opinion about the Warrens. Um, he <laughs> scoffs about, you know, he makes comments uh, that seem a little, I don't know, like he might be judging them a little bit. And he, you know, likes to differentiate the way that he ghost hunts compared to the Warrens. And they believe that they're, that the nephew, John Zaffis, is more scientific than his auntie. And so they are bringing him along on the case. Um, yeah, like, as I said way earlier, after I went off into a rabbit hole, um, the house was most likely built, I think, at the earliest, probably 17th century, 18th century. Um, and it has reports of footsteps, apparitions, gray mists, shadows, doors opening and closing, voices, you name it, and it has the history behind it. Mm-hmm. So they've had so many different reports from this home, from the generations of people that have lived in it for, you know, it's an old ass house. Um, so I also loved from this episode, you know, not only that, you know, they kind of bring up the controversy between, you know, them and the Warrens, you know, saying we're more scientific. We go in with our instruments and we try to disprove a haunting, you know, we're coming in here to debunk, you know, we're, we, we do things like they're trying to separate themselves from the kooks basically in the, in the field, you know, they're Mm -hmm. like trying to be trying to make this field more scientifically validated and a little bit more open for the skeptics to kind of be like, okay, maybe there's something to this, you know, and, and trying to give the field of parapsychology or just ghost hunting in general, uh, a good name. And so, um, I forgot that Dustin kisses Steve on the cheek. <laughs> it was the, <laughs> it was the cutest thing Aww, I've ever seen. That is a cute part. 
just the just the way that Dustin just grabs him by both cheeks and just gives him just this hearty kiss on the cheek, like you're brilliant. Um, and then just the way that uh, that Steve reacts and mm-hmm. how he's just like, oh, <laughs> but then he has a huge smile on his face the whole time. <laughs> so it's like, okay, he must not um, dislike it. Yeah. <laughs> and the way it's really he reacted. Cute. It is so cute. I wanted to rewind it over and over again. <laughs> um, and so while... Jay and Donna investigate the upstairs. The door handle jiggles and, and they believe that the door opens. They were both expecting actually the doors upstairs or the door to open. And it's an old school type of um, door handle where it has to latch, you know, cause otherwise it's probably going to swing open. And so at first that's what they were kind of thinking that it was, was mm-hmm. that, um, you know, oh, maybe the latch wasn't fully engaged. Um, but they both experienced it and both were kind of confused because they couldn't really fully rule it out. They couldn't really fully say, oh, that was, you know, it could be explained because then what jiggled the handle? Yeah. You know, like what, what, yeah, just some unseen force is moving a hand a door handle you know and that seems a little bit harder to explain than the door just swinging open and Mm -hmm. just like hearing a a creak you know because what physical force touched the handle in the first place we don't know yeah so anyways um John Zaffis experienced the shake that the that Norma had reported in the study um he was down investigating the study or the library of the home and he was sitting in the chair and he felt a very subtle like vibration, a movement, mm-hmm. um, which cannot. And, and the owner had reported that, 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 that happens to their bed as well. Mm-hmm. And I th- think if I'm not mistaken, Donna ex- also experienced a little bit of the bed shaking yep. and she said it was really subtle as well. Yep. And I couldn't, and I couldn't tell if that was happening at the same time uh, because it almost seemed like they were shooting camera shots of both places at once, one in the study and one in the upstairs bedroom where Donna was laying on the bed at the same time. It almost made it seem like they were both experiencing the shaking at the same time. I think that it was. I think that's why they did that was to show that these things that had been reported by the homeowner were happening to their investigators and they were happening simultaneously and nobody could find a source of the vibration. Right. Yeah. That's how I understand. And that's very interesting because it's like, um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think could cause that? That it would be a natural explanation because you're more of an expert in that that end of things than I am. Um, I guess, like, you could say that, like, a big truck drove by, or if they're close to, like, railroad tracks, 
um, possibly little tiny earthquakes, but those things would all be easy to like verify. Right. And I don't know if back in the day, cause this probably would have been about 2006, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how accessible the internet was back then. I mean, probably that you would think they might be able to, or at least check with something to see if any micro earthquakes were recorded. Yeah. So that, that yeah, be, even though that'd be even, easy to verify. Right. So yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too, was, uh, I was thinking like, um, micro quakes. Um, I was thinking something to, of that nature, but then it um, would probably, you know, you'd be able to feel it in your feet if you were standing too. Mm, good point. It um, wouldn't just be your, your bottom. It wouldn't just be like certain pieces of furniture. Right. So that seems a little less likely. So I, I don't know. Well, and it's kind of weird too. Cause like, I don't know, I wasn't there. So, you know, when they were, when they were looking for it, were there people that were there that were standing and were experiencing it or was there nobody standing to see if mm -hmm. they could feel it through the well, floor? Jason is standing in the bedroom when Donna is on the bed. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, you're right. So you'd think that That's in that true. moment, if he felt it in his feet, that he would have said that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Actually, that's a good point. So yeah, that, that doesn't really subs really explain, mm -hmm. um, that that's what's going on. If only certain people can feel it in the furniture, but then again, you know, I know that if there's any, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm going a little bit and too also much because the, because the bedroom is on the second floor. Right. So I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem like that would be the, the cause of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it would technically, wouldn't it make the whole foundation shake then? So like, wouldn't it make the whole house shake? So yeah, you're I mean, right. I mean, it would have, you would think you'd be able to feel it. Right. Not just on certain pieces of furniture all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, you do got a point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's really weird to think that, you know, ghosts are just going up to their, their bed frame and just being like, Ooh, <laughs> just like <laughs> pushing it back and forth, like yeah. fucking with people. But maybe I mean, that's... I don't know. I would. Well, yeah, of course. But maybe that's just how they are able to get attention. Could be. Yeah, it could be a way they're trying to communicate. I don't know. I mean, if I was a ghost, I would fuck with people any way I could. And if that was, like, one of the ways, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I would, like, because that would be the, the ultimate mind fuck, too, because it's just so subtle. Mm -hmm. If it was, like, a big shake, then it's like, okay, that's paranormal. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh, my God. These, these I'm getting fucked with. But if it's just a tiny little, <laughs> just enough to mess with your head to just be, like, is that shaking or is it not like what's 
what's going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that would really be the ultimate, just like, because it would make you kind of doubt your senses, I think. Yeah. Um, In any case, so, like, and, and so I think what happened was, so John and then Donna experienced it pretty much simultaneously, the shaking of the furniture that they decided. And then with the door opening or like them believing the door had opened, just hearing the door latch or the door handle move, um, they called Steve and Dustin in at that point to kind of have their own experience. They're like, well, you know, we've had this crazy stuff happen in this house. Like we were kind of warned some shit would go down. So Mm -hmm. let's let, let the newcomers kind of get a little bit of an experience. And then from what I remember, they, they did Dustin's hand got grabbed. Yeah. Um, you know, he, that was when they were in the study investigating Dustin Perry's hand got grabbed and he later on reported that his hand felt cold after that. Mm-hmm. And Grant went on to explain that he's been touched multiple times at investigations. And every time that he's been touched by a spirit or by some unseen force being, you know, having a hand grab or touch, uh, that it's that spot where he's been touched or grabbed there's a cold spot there afterwards. And so that seems to kind of further substantiate what Dustin is saying, because it's like, okay, how would Dustin know? Because he's literally brand new investigator to the team. You know, how would he know that that's one of the side effects or one of the symptoms of what happens after you get touched? Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of supposedly or allegedly substantiates what Dustin's reporting. Um and then um, they do actually get a door actual opening on its own while they're in there, mm-hmm. um, Dustin and, and Steve. So it's not just the jiggling of a handle, but the door actually. And, and before it opened, they, I, you know, distinctly, I don't know if you remember this, but I distinctly remember Steve fully makes sure that the door latches is Mm -hmm. latched do you remember do you remember that in the show okay yeah so he he fully makes sure after he hears this claim that he's gonna make sure the door handle is latched so it cannot just swing open or you know maybe something weird happen you know he wants to have it further substantiated that if there is something paranormal going on that it's something paranormal. And I think that that's a good way to rule it out. Like, okay, well, was the door fully latched or not? Yeah. Um, and so it swung open on its own, even though it had a latch, which means it should have had a substantial force doing that. And also, especially because for some reason, the homeowner had this random, you know, twin, twin bed topper, in in that closet where the door opens mm-hmm. um behind the door and so it would be very very hard and you know they do later come and try to debunk it where jay because they catch of course the door opening on its own 
and then not fully closing and then it finally fully closing. That's what I think I remember, but it was hard to see. I don't know if it's because the tint of my television or what, but that, that black tint of, you know, the cam, the infrared camera being pointed at the door, I wasn't able to very well see how the door was opening and closing. Oh, I could see it on my TV. Oh, could you? Yeah. Okay. So what happened then? Um, the first time, um, and this is when nobody's upstairs, everybody's eating dinner and can be accounted for, um, the, the door, um, it unlatches and it opens a little bit and then it closes, but it doesn't latch all the way. And then about 20, 22 minutes later, it opens like way further and then closes and latches. And you can, you can right. see like the clothes hanging up in the closet as it opens. So you can see the, and there's definitely no one in there. There's no shadow of anyone in there. And when Jason and Grant go back in there to try to like recreate it somehow by having Jason go into the closet, they can't get it to do that without being able to see him or his shadow or the, the twin mattress in there moving a lot. And right. you don't see any of those things on the video that they catch on their infrared. So they're not able right. to recreate he, it. Exactly. And, and, and he's above average at six foot, which means he's got a pretty good reach. Yeah. And he's still, and he's still not able to reach across the twin mattress and all that shit that's in the closet to open it properly without, like you said, without Yeah, and he, seen. he tried both arms too, so. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that further substantiates what they caught was paranormal, um, because they really could not, oh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Lawnmower. <laughs> it's like right outside the window God. now. Damn it, Tyler. But the yard uh, looks so nice. It does, but my God, why, you know, <laughs> why today on it? Why now? Okay. Maybe he's, this is his church. It I, I shouldn't be. judge. Anywho. So, um, and I love, of course, that at the very end, you know, as they're closing up shop and they're putting all of the equipment away and everything like that, that there is a moth as large as a freaking bat. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it was a goddamn pterodactyl. Yeah, that is a huge moth. It's flying around. And it them. was. And and as we know about Steve, like there is not much that, that scares this police officer. He he's a badass cop in real life. I don't know if he is now, but back then he was, and not much scares him. He doesn't, he's not scared of ghosts. He's not scared of anything paranormal happening, but bugs, mm -hmm. he is fucking terrified of bugs and spiders and th little thing, creepy crawly things. Yeah. And, um, he was flipping out, running away this thing 
was dive bombing the crew while they're trying to do their thing. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to close up shop and get the fuck out of I there. I mean, I can't blame him in this case because that moth is fucking huge. I know. He like they jokingly referred to it as a bat because it literally was as large as it was as large as some some species of bat. And I think you would know. It was it was bigger than some species of bats. <laughs> Perspective. A lot a of bats. Moth. A lot of bats are surprisingly tiny. Dude. Yeah. That is a huge bat. Oh my god. Okay. Or I mean moth. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it, yeah. At first, it does. It seriously seems like it would be a bat, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was a fucking moth. That was terrifying. But anyways, yeah. So, yes. Steve's fear is actually pretty valid because I think that I probably would have reacted this much the same. Yeah. I would not want that. What I love dive bombing me. Oh God, no. And, and what was, I loved, I thought it was so fucking hilarious was that Steve was trying to help Dustin by telling him, Oh, it's, it's behind you. It's coming at you. Like he was trying to help his friend, but Dustin could not be moved unless it was his hair being moved. He says, unless it's stuck in my hair, I could give a rat's ass. Exactly. God (laughs) bless him. (laughs) Yeah, because he he probably spends so much time on that fucking Guido haircut. Yeah. Because, um, you know, earlier they're spraying bug spray all over each other. Mm -hmm. And, like, literally Dustin puts out one of the strongest boundaries I've ever seen. Like, not my hair, dude. Yep. Like, do not touch my it's hair very with firm. bug spray. Not my hair. But then Donna wants it all over her hair. And I'm on Donna's yeah. side in this case. Like, I want the deet all over me. Yeah, absolutely. I do. I cannot stand, um, especially mosquito bites. Yeah, I think I might be mildly allergic to, to bug bites of some kind because I get a really strong reaction to them. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so, yeah. So, and then also, no freaking way, dude, that upside-down golf hat on Dustin's head. Oh, his visor. Yeah. Yes! It's like a golf visor. He has it literally, it's it's completely not serving a purpose other than to supposedly be some sort of it's a fashion statement. And I actually, yes. I have a Mount St. Helens visor. And when I saw him wearing it like that, I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do it with my Ups- visor and I'll send you a picture. Upside down and backwards, yep. please. Yes. Of course. Okay. The Dustin Perry way. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. It was, yeah, that was so awful. I was like, okay, wow. That mm-hmm. one you know that that statement died a long time ago yeah but heather heather's bringing it back i'm gonna bring it back inspired by dustin perry oh i mean he is an inspirational author and speak public speaker now yes he is yes he is so now he's inspiring a whole new generation to wear golf caps the wrong way Mm -hmm. so Way to go, Dustin. We love you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, anyway, so during the analysis, they caught the door open and almost closed, but then it closed eventually. And then they go back again, like I said, try to debunk it. They can't. So basically they're left with, uh, revealing it to Norma Sutcliffe, the owner. And Jay said it was a haunting. Yep. The H word. This house is haunted. He said the H word, and yeah. I don't know, like both of us would love to have you on this podcast, Jay, because we, we want to know what's the difference between paranormal activity and haunting. Yeah. Where's Please. the, where's the line? So, yeah. Where do you draw it? Yeah. Because in this case, in, in this case, they didn't get any EVPs. All they got was physical phenomena. They got the door opening and closing, mm -hmm. which I believe they got back when they did that investigation for the guy who can't have no lady friends. Mm -hmm. And the door opened and closed in that case. Mm -hmm. But I don't recall him saying that the place was haunted. Let's go back. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna go through my notes. <laughs> Just real quick. Oh, there's Consult a drawing I made. Okay, hang on. Consult the records. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Beep same. Because I might have written things down differently. Oh, here we than go. You, so. Um. Okay, I didn't actually write down about the reveal. Oh. Uh, I got journal journal entries. I've got some random notes. Like I just have the analysis. And then okay. it goes straight to the next case, but I didn't write down the reveal. I think that I remember that Jason does say that that house is haunted. Oh, does he? I think he does, because that's where they go and they do that guy's house and they get the thing with the door and everything, but then they, they don't do the reveal right away. They go straight to the next case where they're in that restaurant and they can't really investigate because the restaurant is still like actively open. And then they go back to the reveal about the guy's house and they show him the thing and he's like, that right there, that's exactly what I see. And then I'm pretty sure that Jason says that I, I think your house is haunted. But don't quote me on that. We'll have to uh, go, we'll have to check that out. Right. Yeah, I'm really going back in history here. I've got some... I wrote some weird shit in here that absolutely has nothing to do with our uh, with our show. I don't know what I did, but apparently I've been using this for multiple different reasons. But anywho, yeah, I'll, we'll just have to go off of what you're saying because I don't remember. Maybe they maybe they did. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll find out. Yeah, we will. We will. We will consult the oracle. 
Yes, otherwise known as Ghost Hunters Season 2 DVD set. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or Season 1, actually. Uh, No. Wasn't it Season 1 when they investigated the dude? That's Season 2. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're probably right, too. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, my God. So... Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's the episode all wrapped up in a bow. That's the anticlimactic end. Yes, it's haunted. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is anticlimactic because it's just like we're just saying, you know, we're assigning a label and then we're leaving. Yeah. Bye. Right. Um, Bye. <laughs> Bye. So, is there anything else that you need to, to say that you want to add to these proceedings? I, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> man, that language takes me way back. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I plead the fifth. Yes, um, same. No, I, um. Yeah, I mean, I thought that it was a good episode. Um, you know, I uh, I appreciate what Jay and Grant are trying to do for the field of ghost hunting and investigating. Um, that they're trying to take it, a, this next generation is trying to take it a new direction. Um, I mean, I don't think that there's a need to poo-poo or scoff at the, the previous generation of ghost hunters because I feel like they were doing the best with what they could and what they had at that time during that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, they were probably inspired by spiritualism, obviously, which had, you know, Back in the day, they they did a boatload of seances and spirit boards and things like that. That was the way that they, that was part of that, um, arguably, that religion, you know, back in the day of spiritualism. And so I think they were probably, you know, the original, and that's just my opinion, I think probably the original generation of ghost hunters, you know, were kind of inspired by that um, belief system and we're you know just kind of building off of that taking inspiration from that Um, especially given that they didn't have the technology I mean I think that later on Ed and Lorraine Warren did get some technology they were able to record things on some stuff when it became a little bit more not only financially accept, uh, accessible, but, um, you know, size-wise, you know, easy to carry around and, you know, portable, more portable mm-hmm. um, technology was available. Then they were able to do a little bit more of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you think about um, you know, kind of old school versus new school ghost hunting. What's your opinion about it? 
Well, I mean, just as in any other scientific field, there's advances made all the time. And so you can't really go back and be like, oh, those people were stupid or they were whatever because they were doing the investigations with what they had at the time. And as things advance and change and the base of knowledge grows, then it just, it leads to more advancements and more knowledge and it's changing all the time. So you can't really compare one to the other because one led to the other. You know, it's like a continuum. Mm -hmm. It's not just these completely separate. And I think that um, having all the, the technology and the tools and stuff is really good. And I, I like how TAPS, that's their base, is all the, the technology and the verification and debunking. But then they also do have people come on who have more, you know, they're more sensitive to energies and they're more intuitive and they don't use that as evidence but it can be used to kind of substantiate the evidence like you know at the Sutcliffe house everybody who was there on their team had a personal experience and right. that's not evidence but it leads you know it backs up what they did catch as evidence so right um I, I think that they that the two different kind of methods, like the the more technological scientific method and the more spiritual method, I think that they can go hand in hand a lot of times. Like I wouldn't base you know, if there was just like a psychic or whatever that went into a house and like no one had any experiences and nothing was caught on any devices but this person was like, oh, it's haunted because I feel blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, hmm, maybe, but nothing else happened. So I don't know if I would right. put, like, a whole lot of stock into that. I'd be like, well, that's an interesting story and experience, but let's see what else happens. Right. And, you know, also, like, there's a lot of cases with TAPS where... They will have personal experiences, but then nothing is caught with any of their instruments. And so, like, what happens then? It's like their experiences are still valid, but they don't have any, like, hard evidence. That's so true. you can, you know, so I think that they, they go hand in hand. I like that perspective. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think that, yeah, I think that's a good perspective to have. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, the two, you know, cause I think, I think it has also, you know, kind of going back to the binaries, like the, the Madonna versus whore mm -hmm. ideas, which, you know, American women are compared to. And then now we've also got the binary of this versus that. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's like old school versus new school, like, you know, the people who, you know, they're now associating with, oh, this is, this is full of charlatans and kooks and, 
you know, there are fakes, Mm -hmm. you know, saying that about Ed and Lorraine Warren. Right. And so we're, we're, we're trying to separate ourselves from those crazy people and, and be more scientific and look more legitimate, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But really, actually, if you do some digging into the field, it was like somebody just randomly decided that ghosts give off an EMF. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, if you, like, actually, you know, like, um, really look into this, then it's not actually really that scientific. But, but... In theory, well, right, because you can't, you can't prove. There's no way to prove that that EMF is from a ghost. It's just from an unexplained source. Well, right, yes, but the thing is, is people often try to be like, you know, because ghosts, right? You know, just this like is a ghost. what's his name? Yeah, like. I think what's his name? George Sukalos, Sukalos, the guy who's, you know, the alien guy from ancient aliens. Oh yeah. 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 It's kind of like that for like a lot of people that they think, okay, if there's, Oh, batteries getting drained, if there's, you know, EMF detectors going off, Oh, it's a ghost. Mm -hmm. You know, if something makes our, our little, you know, EMF detector, which is like a little boo button, uh, what is it called? The boo bear or whatever. That's like, it's a little teddy bear with a detector and yeah. detector yeah. inside of it. It's like, Oh, something setting off my boo bear. It's or those, ghost, those you know. REM pods and stuff. It's like, Oh, it's a ghost. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. a ghost. And, and like, it's like, well, you don't know what it is. There's no way to say that for certain. You can just say there's no like normal or natural cause that we can find that made that happen right but to even you know like we don't even know because could it be caused by you know variations or anomalies in the earth's magnetic field i i don't know could it be right you know we don't know how that shit works well enough I don't think or at least I don't right Um, and and so that that's my point is that you you can't say for sure like well that fluctuation was caused by a ghost you can just say we don't know what caused it it's unexplained right yeah absolutely and can you possibly use that EMF detector to communicate with the hereafter or the great beyond Uh, maybe like there's been ghost hunters who've supposedly been able to get an EMF detector to respond Mm -hmm. on command Mm -hmm. where it's literally, you know, almost like you're communicating with something intelligent. Um, so like, is it cool? Is it fun? Is it neat to have these, all these toys that you can, try to use to do investigations to further substantiate and say, okay, maybe there, there are ghosts present. Maybe there is a haunting or maybe there isn't a haunting, whatever your perspective is. Um, neat. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's interesting, but it's not necessarily evidence. Right. 
and it's, so it's just something that can't be explained yet yeah because exactly. i mean how long ago did we not even know what the electromagnetic field even was <laughs> you know it's like that icp song where they're like fucking magnets how do they work and it's like well i'll tell you how they work it's not actually a miracle or a mystery my dudes it's a thing <laughs> it's like definitely understood and explainable but there was a time when it wasn't right and it was long before that song came out like magnets well, I mean, have been understood and explained for a long fucking time, my dudes. But right, they may be making fun of themselves in that statement, though. I don't think just so. to say, I don't think so. I think they might actually be making fun of their intelligence in that statement. They they don't. I don't think they take themselves that seriously. But I don't know. They might. No. I would hope that they don't take themselves that seriously. I think they do, and I think their fans do. But we're getting off track. This isn't an ICP <laughs> podcast, thank God. <laughs> oh, God. I used to be a fan. <sighs> Is that yes, when you were drinking a lot, though? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. I was doing a lot of drugs and shit back then, okay? okay there we <laughs> go. like drinking and music. Yeah, that explains it. Yep, it sure does. That's when... That's when Sophie's brain was messed up on hallucinogens, and so therefore, you know, yep. she, for some reason, was mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll buy it. Um, anyway. Uh, what if I had gotten, like, the hatchet man tattooed on me? Oh, I my would, God. I would probably have to do, like, an intervention with you. <laughs> You'd be like... Sophie, we need to talk. We need to talk. Um, yeah, but we're, we're like, almost at two hours, so should we oh, wrap shit. up? Yeah, I mean, probably. All right. I mean, we could talk about this subject for hours in itself, just to what, talk how, about, How like... stupid ICP is, or, oh, <laughs> not that, not that, you mean? Not that. Paranormal no. investigations. I know, but yes, we're we're gonna have to put a pin in it for now. Right. Um because you know, we have other things to do. We do have lives outside of this podcast, dear listeners. Um No. No, not really, but kind of. Um Yeah. So I guess let's wrap it up and let's say let's share one positive thing that happened to us in the last week. Um, I got new clients. <gasps> good. Yeah. Yeah. It's job security. It's a good thing. That is a good thing. Excellent. What about you? Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I, like, last week at work was, like, really stressful and chaotic and difficult, but my coworkers and I were able to, like, pull together and figure it out and roll with all these big changes happening. And at the end of the week, we were, like, exhausted and worn out, but we felt like we 
were like closer as people and as friends. Mm, yeah. So the tragedy kind of of the um the landslide and everything that you guys had to scramble around to do to compensate. Yeah, is, and then uh, there was more than that. Closer together. There, there was more than that that I don't even want to get into. But yeah, that that's kind of the start of it was the the landslide and all the stuff surrounding that, and then all this other just like pure chaos happening, and we like fucking handled it. And yeah, um, yeah so it felt really good to get through the week, and yeah, like we we're like we're closer now as as people and have like a stronger connection because of it so that's awesome i love my coworkers. workers well, so there's that and um yeah thanks for listening um go we're follow gonna us. love you we're gonna miss you Yes, but before that, follow us on Facebook, email us, um, donate oh, yeah. to our red circle because we need we need help. Um, We're and broke. Subscribe to us on whatever whatever platform, and you know, give us ratings, give us feedback. We love you. Thanks for listening. And bye. Bye.